close your eyes. <laughs> and uh, I want you to stick with me here. Uh, there is a point to it. But just imagine yourself five to ten years from now. Right? Some of you never do that. Some of you always do that. <laughs> that was a joke. But okay, everyone's very serious now. So imagine yourself five to ten years from now. Are you in your 30s? Are you in your 50s, 70s maybe? Right? Where are you in your life? Where do you live? See your house or where you, wherever you live? Where do you work? The job? What do you drive? Yeah? How does that look like? How does your family look like? Are you married? Do you have kids, grandkids maybe, great-grandkids maybe? Or are you retired? You don't have to work and you can spend your days doing what you want to. Can you see that? We're going to get back to that now. Okay, you can open your eyes now. Maybe we should pray first. <laughs> Everyone's very serious. So, Father, this is your house, eh? And I love saying it because I love reminding you that this is your house, Lord. You're building it, Father, and we are living stones here tonight, Father. I want to pray that the Spirit of God will minister to each one of us, Father. And if there's someone or even more than one person here tonight that needs to meet you, I want to now pray for you, Father. I want to pray for them that the love of the living God will come and rest on their heart. And Father, that they will, even in this preach, and if it's halfway through as well, that's okay. That they will say, yes, Jesus, I surrender my power to you, Lord. I surrender my life to you. Amen. Right. So you have that image of your life. Would you agree with me that if that is what you dream for your life, the decisions that you make in your life will point towards that goal or that dream? Yeah, it will. Will it? Will it not? No. So if you have an idea of a car and of a house and of a family, it will determine what type of job you take and what type of salary you are comfortable with. And if you study, continue study or start to study, it sets the course for your life. True. Should. But it does. Now there's a good and a bad to it, but we'll get to the good and the bad now. So we can make some of these dreams that we have and some of these goals that we have we can make them very godly. Have some of you done that before? I have. <laughs> we can make some of those dreams godly. So, for example, I'm starting a business so that I can have more free time for God. I'm a business owner. You don't have any free time. Sorry. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I'm quitting my job so that I can spend more time with the Lord. Yeah. I, I, yeah, we, we, sound, we let some of those ideas sound very godly. Okay, so I need to make a lot of money. This is just scenarios that I'm setting. I need to make a lot of money so that I can be a blessing to others. Huh? Am I the only one that encounters some of these phrases? Not? No. Okay, I see your hand there. <laughs> right? <laughs> it just seems like it's a bit stern here from the front, but it's all right. I need a big house so that I can... Host come in my house and have people for hosting. Yeah? <laughs> because we need to have people in our house. But just, you don't need a big house for that. But we need this because of that. God calls us to this, so therefore we can justify that. We do that. Okay. 
So I need to work hard now, relentlessly, and save a lot of money now so that I can retire later, relax, and spend my time as I want to. L younger, <laughs> younger crowd, so maybe not that. But yeah, all right. So all these things are attempts for us to save our life. But that's not what we're called to, to save our life. You know, we already have a savior. We don't have to do that job. So we, have to, we, we feel that we have, our we have to save our life and we have to live our best life now because life's short. Yes, life is short, but we don't have to live our best life now with our goals and our dreams. No, we call to die to our best life now. We call to die to ourself and what we want and what our ideas are. And we call to take on the Spirit of God and let Him reveal to us what He's calling us to. What He wants us to walk into. Where He wants us to spend our time and our finances. Where He wants us to work. Who He wants us to marry or not marry. So those are the big, big things. Marriage, kids, and finances, I said to someone this week. If the Lord can touch that or the people around you can touch that, that's all right. But if they can't, touch your kids. Well, I mean, like, speak into your kids. <laughs> speak into your kids or speak into your marriage and your finances. Then are those crowns and powers that you're holding on to? Or are that parts of your life also surrendered to God? Does that make sense? We sang about crowns, and I don't think we always realize, and that's, what, that's why I said it. I'm off my notes now, but... It's powers that we have. It's authority that we have. It's biblical authority as well. But yet, as we have that authority, we yield that to the Lord. And if we hold on to that crown and become proudful, prideful about that crown, or we hold on to that authority and don't submit that to the Lord, then that becomes an idol. Even the best of things, even something like your marriage, which is clearly biblical that you should rule and reign over, right? But if we don't submit that to the Lord, then that becomes an idol. We should take care of our kids, no doubt, in the Bible that we should do that. And we should help them and teach them in the ways of the Lord. But as soon as we hold on to that too tightly and no one can speak into that and the Lord can't touch that, then that becomes an idol and a crown that we're not willing to surrender. Okay, so that's what I'm getting at. All these things that we hold on to that we don't want to let go. And it's not necessarily, it's an idol. But we spoke a lot about idols recently, so I'm not going to get, I'm not speaking about idols and labeling it idols. It's just authority and powers that we have that we're not willing to surrender to God. Okay. All right. So Paul writes to the church in Philippi, verse, uh, chapter 2, verse 17, that the life being poured out as a drink offering should be a joy. Let's read there. Even if I am to be poured out as a drink offering upon the sacrificial offering of your faith, I am glad and rejoice with all of you. Are we willing to be poured out? Everything, all of it. Not a measure, not the tenth, not the top part, not the cream. All of it to be poured out. Our whole lives to be poured out for the king and the kingdom. That sounds uncomfortable, but it is. The cross was very uncomfortable. But yet the Lord asked us in our walk with him to go through that and to do that. Okay, You can't offer yourself and preserve yourself. 
And that's what I touched on earlier. We can't give ourselves fully to Christ and pour ourselves fully out as a sacrifice for him and trying to preserve our life. It's the one or the other. And what's going to start happening is those two are in tension the whole time. And it's the whole time this wrestle. And that's tiring. You're constantly in a war within. Okay. Our nature is to preserve and to protect ourselves. We're sinners in a sinful world. With the world screaming at us. Save yourself. Does the world say that? Go to Australia. Save yourself. I did the mistake of watching a few Carte Blanche videos this afternoon. Good grief. <laughs> Look, I don't watch a lot of news or read a lot of news. Call me sinister. But I, it's just the world is saying, save yourself. Start an association and fight for your rights because the world is coming to get you. Yeah? Yet, as newborn Christians, we see the testimony of Jesus saying, give yourself. Give yourself willingly. Two different worlds. Okay. But today I want to encourage you to listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit and of God that asks us to die to self so that we can live a life of glory in eternity and not one of glory now, here, temporarily. Right? We can have that power and glory now. But because they can't be, we can't have two gods on one throne. It's either life or death. It's either light or darkness. And yes, it is darkness. If we choose ourselves, if we choose our own desires, if we choose our own comforts, if we choose our own desires that we try and make godly and try and twist them to be godly and try and twist them into God's plans for us, we do that. We, ch we, we twist what we want and our goals into what we think God's plan is for us. And then we say, therefore, this is okay. <laughs> Very stern faces, and that's okay. But that, does that resonate with you guys? Okay. And we only realize that when people tell us that. Because we're blind to ourselves sometimes. Okay. Right, why would we want to be slaves to righteousness? Why would we want to pour ourselves out? Why would we want to empty ourselves? Because it's uncomfortable, but still, why would we want to do it? Why is the Bible asking this of us? Right, to worship and to glorify God. God loves us so much. We forget that the creator and the upkeeper of the universe loves us uniquely and intimately. He made a unique plan to send Jesus to us, to restore the relationship that we once had in Adam and Eve in the garden. What there once was, God made a unique plan because of the love of that relationship with us, the worship he wants from us, us glorifying him. He made a plan through the blood of Jesus Christ to send his only son to die for us, to restore that relationship. For Jesus to be painfully punished on the cross, uncomfortably on the cross, being tortured. Why? For our relationship to be restored to Christ. 
to bear the burden of the world's sin, sins that he didn't commit, for us to have a way to experience the love and the heart of the Father. Right? Taking upon him the punishment of the world and pouring himself out as the perfect sacrifice, pouring out his blood as a literal sacrificial on the altar, pouring it out, his blood that poured out for us, so that his loving Father, God, can restore a living relationship with us. God rejoices over the idea of a relationship with you. God knew you by name when he planned you, when he formed you, and when he called you. Since the day you were born and took your first breath, God is calling you into a living relationship with him. Since the day you were born, Jesus is interceding in the throne room with the Father for you. Every day, saved and unsaved, respond to that call fully and get into that deep love relationship with him. God has a plan and a purpose for you. He wants you to live and to walk it into it every day. He doesn't want to harm you. He does want to prosper you. And that prosper doesn't mean the riches of this world, right? But he loves you. And that's what I want to drive is why do we, why do, we do this uncomfortable thing of giving ourselves? When the world looks at us and they say, just live your best life now. Come on, man. There's so much nice things to do and to give yourself to. But yet we choose not to because we want to return the worship and glory to the Father. We are now bought with an expensive price, which is the blood of Jesus. And therefore, we're willing to pour ourselves out. And we have to see that and we have to remind ourselves of it. And just this, it's strange actually, but... A while ago, we actually had a, a leaders here in Bry. Was it last year when it was at Brothers at the Roastery? Was it last year when we did the burgers and stuff? Very strange, but stick with me here. And it's not in the notes, but it, yeah. So I went and I got some stuff and prepped, and we had a little budget for the burgers for the leaders. And one of the ingredients that we had that afternoon was bacon. And when I went to Food Lovers to get the bacon, everyone's thinking, now, oh, did I get some of that bacon? <laughs> yeah, it was Food Lovers bacon. Sorry, Steve. <laughs> everyone's fine. So why am I telling you this? Because I remember as I took out, I had this exact note file with me with the list of everything that I had to get. And as I took it out of the refrigerator at Food Lovers and put it in the trolley, in that process, some of the bacon juices that got leaked somewhere, dripped on the file. Now, it is, okay? But that file has forever been stained by that blood. It is just, huh? it's defiled, but well. <laughs> pork, Hebrew, okay, I get you. But whether it's now the bacon, or, but the blood stained, and it still sits there on the file. And every time I open it, I see that mark, the mark of the blood, and I, re I just, <laughs> I don't think about the bacon, but I'm just reminded <laughs> of the mark of Jesus that is on us as we accept him. 
and, and that is why we take communion, right? And we didn't plan communion, but there was two or three witnesses, so we went with it. And I was just reminded again that that is our reminder. As we take communion, it is a reminder of the blood of Jesus, the sacrifice that Jesus made, the life that was poured out to the end for us so that we can have a relationship, so that we in return can pour out our lives unto the king to glorify him and to extend his kingdom here on earth. Everyone all right about the bacon example? In a, uh, <laughs> okay. All right. So this is why we do it. Giving our worship to him, glorifying his name, pouring our lives out for him and his kingdom and becoming slaves to righteousness, to the one who perfectly loves. God loves perfectly. And because of that perfect love, we can have a relationship with him. Okay. So if you need the life of God in your life now and today, if you feel dead, de desperate or hopeless, if you don't know where you're going or what, you go, what you're doing here, then just review what are you living for. Just think back of that, where you see yourself, those goals and plans. Is that what you're living for? Because if that's what you, what you are living for, and that is your goal and your aim and your mission in life, that does eventually lead to death. And I want to shock and encourage and call you guys to review what are you living for. And if God is not on the other side of what you're living for, your everyday step doesn't reflect God and Jesus. And if you have been twisting your plans and ideas to fit into what you think God has been calling you to, then just allow the Spirit to show that to you now. So I think there's a moment here. So close your eyes. So Father, you're gracious, Lord Jesus. And is the, as, is, as there's a presence here, Father, of your Holy Spirit, I want to pray that you'll reveal to us our inner truths in our hearts and our inner motives of what we are living for. What are we giving ourselves to? And Lord Jesus, you're gracious. You give us an opportunity to repent, to adjust, to realign, and focus on what you are calling us to to give ourselves fully to you, Father. And locally, tangibly, that is the body of Christ. So just practically, if there's something that came up to you now that you feel, sure, this is my selfish desires, I'm preserving myself, this is not godly, just repent of that now. So Lord Jesus, I repent of, I lay it down at your feet, I want to live for you, 100% for you, a life poured out as a sacrifice for you, amen, right, right, so those are the, th okay, I'm not going to go through that list because we just did that, but the life of God is not in these things, these goals, our 
cars and houses and lifestyle or marriage even. Husband and wife, the one that we're waiting for. Eh? It's not in that, but the life of God is in dying to these things. Dying to these dreams that stirs and prompts us to preserve ourselves. Presenting ourselves as a living sacrifice. In Romans 12 verse 1, Paul writes to the church in Romans, and he says, I appeal to you therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. And that is why we do it, because we want to present ourselves as a living sacrifice. When we die to self and the Spirit of God becomes our dreams and focus, the Spirit's focus becomes our focus. God's love becomes a reality to us, the love of the Father. What's important to God becomes important to us. You see, now we align with God as we receive Him fully and we pour ourselves out. He becomes imprinted in us. God's dreams and plans becomes our dreams and plans. The inheritance He has for us becomes our inheritance because we align with Him. And God's passions become our passions, not the passions of the world, not the excitement of the world. When we die to self and the Spirit of God moves through us, His power starts to move through us. 1 Corinthians 2 verse 5. That your faith might not rest in the wisdom of man, right? Men, so flesh and things of the world, but in the power of God. We want our faith to rest in the power of God. So a story on the power and just... <laughs> Mark, the power. Here's the story. Okay, so so on a Thursday Thursday evening, we had load shedding, 8 till 10, right? Anyone else, or is it just us? Okay. <laughs> just me. Just me. Okay, I'll take that. So we had load shedding. We were in bed early. It was a rough week by 9 o'clock. And after 10, Jess wakes up to 11 o'clock, and she says, leave. I'm like, okay, well, it'll come on. It was probably someone, something has gone. Preserve yourself, get solo. <laughs> no, no. So, so I'm like, whatever, it doesn't matter. It, it'll come on now. It's fine. I go to sleep. I sleep further. Hour or bit later, Jay says, Leave the krachs nochi ane. So, I mean, for her, she's quite aware of it because both kids sleep in different bedrooms and they've got monitors so she can see and hear them um, during the night and they've got night, um, white noise running. So in load shedding, they've got some battery but on both devices, but four or five hours, then it becomes a bit of a stretch. Okay. So she, she's invested in this. Now, at 12 o'clock, I'm also starting to get invested because we've got two tenants on the property, one at the back and one at the top, and both have got fridges and both kind of need the internet and the internet doesn't work if the battery fails. So I'm also starting to get invested now. And we've got a fridge stocked. It's the end of the month, but at least there's still some meat in there. So we don't want that to go off. So I get up, I go to the DB board, and I see, okay, lo and behold, the earth leakage has tripped. I go, whoops, it's fine. Just switch it on. Look, now it goes off. I go, let's go again. Look, it goes off. 
Jess comes and she said, leave when he shocked me when our sparks at eight comes. So I go, noops, it goes off. Now it's 12, one o'clock. I don't even know what time it is. So I'm not going to deal with this now. I'm going to go to bed. I'm going to sleep further. I'll set my alarm for earlier in the morning or later that morning. I go to bed, set my alarm, get up. Yeah, I go. So full of faith, I go, it's going to be fine. I'm going to switch it on. Maybe the municipality has changed the voltage of something. and I don't know. Stuff, they do stuff. I don't worry about it. So I go, and it still doesn't work. Now my faith is a bit, okay. I was very sure this is going to work, so now we start troubleshooting. So I switch everything off like a good steward, and I switch on the earth leakage. Earth leakage is on, and I start one by one switching the, the breakers on. And we get to the plugs, and it trips. I say, okay, it must be here. So I go to the next one, reset everything, next plug setting or dip switch, that trips as well. And the next one, and the next one. I'm like, oh, my goodness, it can't be all over the house. So I switch everything off. Long story short, try and unplug as much as I can, but I can't get in the back room because I'm not going to knock on my tenant's door at 5 o'clock in the morning. And I try and unplug as much as I can to see if it's an appliance that blew or something. Still doesn't work. So Mark's awake 5 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> Mark, help. What is the story here? What do you think? So Mark helps me through the process. No, we can't get it to sort. It's not, it's not working. Every bit of advice, sending photos back and forth, this is not working. I need to get ready for work. Mark graciously offered to come out later that morning to try and find the problem. And the house is without power. So I'm starting to messaging the tenants because I'm invested. They're not going to have hot water because, remember, the power's been off since 8 o'clock the previous night. And their fridges, et cetera, et cetera. They're all on their phones. I don't know why. Maybe they heard all the dip switches going off. <laughs> so I'm quite anxious at that point in time. And I'm quite mismoedig. Not about cost or anything. But it is just one more thing. I mean, our week has been quite full. And it's just, it, it places stress and strain on us, right? So I drive to work. And as I drive to work that last stretch, um, it just dropped in my spirit. Maybe, just maybe, it's supposed to trip. Because we are so invested, and the Spirit related it spiritually for me, that we're so invested in the things of this world, that earth leakage, because we are in this world, but we're not of this world, that as soon as the power of God wants to move through us, because we're so invested in this world, it just trips us up. And the power of God cannot move through us because we're standing with one foot on the earth and one foot in heaven, as it might be. So it was encouraging to me that there's a spiritual meaning to all of this. <laughs> but the point is that, that I've just experienced through that is we cannot be invested in the world and try and be plugged into the world and live according to the world and allow the power of God to try and move through us. Because it can't. There's only one kingdom, and that's, well, there's two kingdoms, but there's only one true kingdom of light and of life, and that's God's kingdom. And He wants to move His power through us. He wants to move through us into one another's lives and be a blessing to one another and the gifts of the Spirit to flow. But if we're too invested in the world, it's going to trip and that power can't move. Okay. To set your... F what the power, the power? 
I don't even know what to say. It was all fine. Yeah. <laughs> Mark was there, and they checked everything. Nothing had to be replaced, and it was fine. And I'm like, dear Lord. <laughs> Someone did pray on Wednesday night. Who prayed it? Jock? For the Lord to say something in the middle of the night or some hour of the night. So maybe that was that. I'm not used to that, I must say. Anyway, so what on this earth is tripping you up? What on this earth is causing your earth leakage to trip and preventing the power and the life of God to move through you? What have you set your focus on? What have you set your goals on? What are you living for that is not of God? And that is that earth leakage that's tripping you off because you're literally leaking into the earth. Yo, okay. So I would just really like to calm you guys and just balance some of these things a little bit. It's okay to have a car, right? It's okay to have a house, right? But if that's your security and that is your purpose and that is what you're living for, then it becomes a problem. If that is your security in a sense that if the Lord asks you to give that away or if he takes it away and that rattles your faith and your stability and your, and your joy is suddenly gone, then that becomes a problem. It's good to save for retirement, all right? That's okay. But if, if your main goal is to tap out at 60 or 65 and say, I'm done, I'm living my life the way I want to now, I'm spending my time as I want to now, I'm living of the fruits of my labor, and God and his kingdom, we retire from that as well, then that becomes a problem. Okay, so there's a balance to it. And it's good to get married and have kids. That's not a sin, right? But if they become the ones you live for, if they become the focal point of your worship, and if you live for their glory, your spouse or your kid's glory, then that becomes a problem. Right. Okay. God loves you so much that he gave Jesus to die for you to be reconciled with God. He wants his power to flow and to work through you. But we can't let the things of the earth trip us up. He is asking you to pour yourself out as Jesus did on the cross as a living sacrifice, as Paul writes. You have to count the cost. You have to count the cost and choose to lay these things down. It's actually better to see what you're laying down and by the grace of God, be able to say, I'm choosing to lay this down, the pleasures and the things of this world, because I'm choosing a life of righteousness. I'm choosing a life of glory, not necessarily in this life, but in the next. I'm choosing a life of blessing, not just now. And if that comes now, then great. But not just now, but eternity. All right. See and embrace the life, the power, and the blessing that God has to offer. And choose to die to your best life now. <laughs>